Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined by a new friend sitting next to me, another Andy or Andrew. Yeah, I go by Andrew, Drew, Dre, Carter. Andrew Carter is the full name. Andrew is uh, one of the co-founders of Let It Fly Media. Andrew, thank you so much for having us in your studios today. You're very welcome. And thank you for unlocking the door for Jackie Wise from Emprise <laughs> Bank, who is with us today. Jackie, great having you as always. Today's guest is Michelle Roberts-Bauer. Michelle is the president of Associated Builders and Contractors, Heart of America. We have been having a lot of fun before this show. <laughs> this is going to be a spicy one. Michelle, <laughs> let us roll Tell us, what do you do? So I run a nonprofit trade association. We represent commercial contractors across Missouri and Kansas. And that means we do basically whatever they need at that time. Right now, the biggest problem facing the industry is a lack of a skilled workforce. Not enough people know how awesome careers in construction are. So that's going to impact everything. So what we do is we try to tell people about it and recruit people and we train them. We have a school uh, over by Arrowhead Stadium and we train electricians and carpenters and plumbers and pipe fitters and, 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 and we help recognize and celebrate the needs of contractors. So yeah, it depends, it depends on the day. I mean, I've done everything from meet with senators and governors about rules that are going to impact the industry to go to high schools and talk to kids about what their career opportunities are to, you know, cleaning toilets and taking out the trash, getting ready for a, a big event so that we can bring folks together because it's really, it's a relationship business. So, yeah. So do you have a lot of your uh, members and I'm saying that correctly? Yep. Right? They're members. Yes. So the companies are members yep. of the association. Yep. Do they, it, do you kind of work where it's like someone is not working out at a certain company and they need another job and they sort of stay within the association or is it really just at the company level and the employees don't ever look at it as a good way to be able to move around and be mobile? So officially, no, we, Did we I just write your 2023 business model. <laughs> no, no, you're going to get me in trouble. Um, okay. So officially, no, we do not do placement for like company for folks. Apprentices, if an apprentice comes in and for some reason they're not working, we will definitely help connect them with other opportunities because if you're an apprentice, you are by definition working as well. Um, apprenticeship is different than college because you're working and learning at the same time. So it's absolutely the best way to learn. Yeah. That's probably political though. So we probably. No. Um, well, I'm trouble. allowed to say that I literally get paid to say that. So they are it's called earn and learn. They're working a full-time job. They're getting paid. And then they're going to class at night and they walk out with no debt. So we think it's a great oh, that idea. Sounds awesome. And the best skill set possible because it's the career that they want. They don't yes. have to learn about things that will never be applicable to them. Correct. There's no, there's no like gen ed. They're just doing what they want. Um, not knocking liberal arts. I, I'm a liberal arts grad. Um, from and where? From this small school called Winthrop University Ooh, in South Carolina. I've had some good basketball runs. I was about to say, folks around here typically know it because uh, they, they stole they stole my basketball coach, <laughs> and we have gone to March Madness a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Who's, who's the basketball coach? I don't know, actually. Who? Who's uh, he went to Wichita State. Oh, yes. Got it. Got it. I, I remember his name, but I don't. I uh, used to do that. I don't really keep up with sports anymore. Yeah. 
All right. So, so. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. but so for apprentices, yes, we'll help them find the next job because they've got to be working to complete their education. Uh, but for folks that are not in apprenticeship, if they're journeymen, if they are in the office, the project managers, the estimators, the accountants, the marketing people, officially, do I help them find other jobs? No. The people that pay my bills would be very upset if they felt like I was moving their people around. However, Everything's about who you know and getting to know people. And if you're going to leave your company in this day and age, you care about things like corporate culture. It's not just the paycheck. You care about the types of projects they're working on, where they're working, who you're going to be working with. So certainly as they build a network and a relationship within the organization, they're expanding their opportunities. And sometimes that means they take another role within our family. And sometimes they look around and say, this is the right place for me. And they become even more attached to where they are. Which brings value to the companies to be a part of the association because there's a potential talent pool. Well, it might be overt. You're not, like we said, we're not going at it, but you're you're opened up to opportunities of other workers as well. So just by being involved. Yeah, certainly with the skilled trades and the apprenticeship, we're going out, we're recruiting people to our school. They end up coming to our website, knocking on the door saying, hey, I want to be a craft professional. And we then will make sure that we are connecting them with opportunities for folks that are hiring. So they can, you know, literally, they usually come out late at night, say, hey, I'm interested in being an electrician. And they'll go through the application process and an electrical contractor will say, hey, we want to hire some apprentices. And we'll say, well, here you go. Here are these opportunities. And then they get together. And now we have a win-win. We have a company with a new employee. We have a person who has walked in with no experience, who has gotten accepted into school and a company to pay for school and paying them for a job. It's kind of cool. I, one question on that, I guess, for the industry, and because you have members all over the place, and let's localize it here, how healthy is the contractor and construction industry in Kansas City compared to other markets or other areas, I guess, in the Midwest? Solid. Okay. Rock solid. Uh, we have so many incredible things happening in our community. And right now, I've had two different economists within... Um, a two week period say that even though there is, you know, the, the big R word hmm. looming out there, they're not anticipating that it's going to happen the, to the construction industry in the KC market. We right. think that we've got enough things going that are going to be long enough and big enough that we should be able to ride through, um, fairly easily. Honestly, primarily government funded projects though, right? There's massive private projects. There's some incentivized projects. So there's a, in our world, and this is really boring technical stuff, there's a big difference between government funded and government incentivized right. because of the rules and regulations and the types of things that go into that process. The West Bottoms project that keeps getting talked about with Samara Road and New York, like that we, we've worked with those people. Are those government incentive projects when you're you're trying to redevelop an entire area? Yes. Right? That's what she that's, I'm, yes. And I'm trying to She's draw that yes. line. Abatement. Anything yes. in general. So like Panasonic is yes. incentive, correct? Not government funded, right? Um, As opposed to the new uh, Buck O'Neill Bridge or correct. the or park that they want to put over right. I seventy between yep. downtown yeah, and across the road. Yeah. Awesome. So, and all of those things are great. Like, I mean, obviously, infrastructure is really important, but we have a lot of stuff happening that is private as well, and you know, everybody hears about the big, sexy, really cool, big projects. Listen, Airport. 
Yeah, the airport. Most projects are not that big. Most projects are not that big. And most construction companies are not that big. Most construction companies are small businesses. They have fewer than 100 employees. Um, many of them have fewer than 50 employees. They are owned and operated and run by individuals here in our community. And, you know, so it really does tie. We, we dealt with those people. Our office is an example of that, honestly. Yes, they did a great job. In fact, it was done by a member company. And those are, that company is a great example of somebody who's incredibly tied to the Kansas City market and is doing all sorts of projects. Um, And we we expect that we're going to be able to continue to see those go through over the next couple of years. So uh, we're in October of 2022 right Mm -hmm. now. Uh, What would you say, as we just sort of talked about Kansas City specifically, but what would you say the biggest concern of your members are going into the 2023? Obviously, inflation is a concern. You've, you do have um, project owners that are saying, "Okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to push off. We're going to have to wait." Looking at pricing, um, material and supply chain issues are insane. There are parts where it is going to take 12 months to get the piece. We're having issues with transformers for the electrical industry. You got to have a transformer. Uh, That is a major, major issue. And I think that those are things that are really boring and people are like, whoa, who wants to talk about um, electrical materials? They're really important and they delay everything. So that's the supply chain issues are continue to remain a huge, huge deal. The other thing that we're hearing is that folks are turning down work opportunities because there's simply not enough people to do the work. And it's not, that is not just a construction issue. Um, I was with some folks and we were talking about Kansas and uh, they said that the Kansas Works website, which lists job opportunities, has enough job postings that every Kansan can have two jobs. Our economy has exploded. Wow. We've created so many jobs. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, big businesses have created so many job opportunities in our country that we don't have enough people to fill all of those jobs. That is, I mean, it's wonderful to have low unemployment. That's great for individual people, right? So I would say it's a high class problem, but there are some challenges that that come with it. Yeah, that's fascinating too, because uh, there's a lot of jobs available and then it makes it you know competitive probably for your members to hire the same talent, which means the talent probably can up the price in an inflation market and supply. I mean, it, it definitely makes, it's a different challenge. Like you said, a high class challenge. It is all about being an employer of choice today. And yeah. that is true in every industry. It's not enough to just look at the paycheck. Correct. It matters how you treat people. It matters how you establish corporate culture. Um, so we do a lot of training. We provide a lot of management training and leadership training, right? And construction has a bad reputation of like, oh, you know, there's like a surly old man, like superintendent. He's going, get over here and don't ask me how hard it... That is, that is in the past. You can't do that, you know? And so we're teaching people how to be leaders. I think anybody who has been great at their job and been promoted into a leadership role pretty quickly figures out that what made them great at their job before may or may not make them a great leader of others. 
And so we do a lot uh, around trying to teach people those leadership skills, how to engage people, how to make sure that you're talking to your team and understanding them and understanding their needs and meeting them where they are and helping them get to where they want to go. Because when you're working with smaller businesses, they can't do all of that in-house. So they send people to us and we make it easier for them to access that. One last one from me. This is two in a row where I got three back to back to back. I feel very proud. You are so selfish. I am. But I have to get this out because Andy's the pessimist, so I had to ask you the challenges going into 2023, and that's natural. I'm an internal optimist, so what are you excited about within your industry right now, knowing there are still challenges? Internal optimist? Internally, I'm an optimist, but eternal optimist. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, both. Um, Where in your industry are you excited right now? Okay, so I think- I hope there's something. Oh my God, so many things. Okay, good. Um, There are so many great things happening, right? So first, everybody is working harder than ever to be an employer of choice. I think that is amazing for our industry, our community, you know, the world. Like, I just think, not to sound like all, "Mm," but like, that's just amazing, right? that's great. Okay, so then something else, um, this is gonna sound sad, but I think it's really good. Um, The construction industry, has one of the highest suicide rates of any industry in the country. That is horrifying. Yeah. What has happened over the last two, three years is we have started to talk about mental health in our communities in ways that we never have before. The conversations that I am having with men and women across the construction industry about mental health are groundbreaking. People are engaging in conversations about the whole person in ways that we have never seen before. And I am so excited to see about the positive impact that that is going to have on the men and women that go to work in construction every day to see us take care of not only the physical body, but the mental as well. And I think that is something that it doesn't sound exciting and it doesn't sound sexy. But when we look back, when I look back on my career, I think that I'm going to be able to look back at this moment as one of those pivotal moments where we actually changed lives and created a better world. So to pivot a little bit. Yeah. You offer a lot for all your members. One thing that we haven't really talked about, though, they're all small businesses. They're all very specialized small businesses. People don't go out and just start a construction-based business that have no idea about construction. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe we were talking about Josh Levin, who's a, a guest here, and he started out literally renting, I think, a, but, a truck and painting slides. And that Josh turned- Levin, who was an incredible electrician before he started his electrical company. And then oh. when they start companies, they find great partners like Emprise to help them grow. But so, so, and I love Josh, Josh did electric park. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, so often you find small businesses that literally have no experience on the finance side and it's not, and I say small business, I'm not referencing construction business. I'm just referencing business in general, businesses in general, you know, it's such a overlooked aspect of management and growth, et cetera. Is that something that you layer in and do you layer in like the M prizes saying, this is a bank. This is what a bank does. This is how you can fund your business quickly. You have a job. You have to pay your employees. It's called a line of credit. I mean, do you go that far to really ensure they're set up on that side as well? Or is the finance side kind of the taboo of, you know, eh, no, 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 no. we don't touch that because that's No, we definitely do. So we don't go that basic. 
All right. We don't go that basic, but absolutely. So like we do a construction summit that brings together industry professionals. So they're talking about everything on how to manage your your loans, how to ma- construction is a cash flow yeah. nightmare. All right. Because they are paying for everything up front. Then they're billing. Then they're getting paid. You know, they may get paid 60 days after the work was put in place and they paid for everything. I mean, it is without the 10 percent retainage that gets withheld. It's right. It is. It is a beast. You've got to know that. So we have folks like Emprise that are part of our membership because they provide that expertise. So we can if somebody calls and says, hey, Michelle, I'm running into this challenge. Who can you connect me with? I can do introductions like that, but we also do formal training sessions where we bring folks in. I mean, one of the things that is like really nitty gritty is you've got to have an accountant that understands construction. Mm. Because for most businesses, when they're going through their accounting at the end of the year, they want to make it look like they want to pay as little in taxes as possible, right? Am I allowed to say that? Oh, it's a small Uh, business mentality versus a publicly traded business. Right, they want to pay as little in taxes as possible, You can't do that. You cannot make it look like you didn't make any money because now you're not going to be able to get bonded to do the next project. And it's a huge issue. And it can be the type of thing where, well, this makes sense to me, but it prevents them from being able to grow. So we do partner folks with those types of opportunities to help educate them. We have a a nine-month program called LEAD. I mean, it's very, Mm. very intense name, right? But it's all about running a construction company. It goes into bonding and accounting and succession planning and contract negotiation. And then, oh yeah, leadership. How do you lead others and delegate responsibility and all of those things that we assume people know how to do because they're good people. And it's just a little bit more intense than that. Yeah. That is probably worth its weight in gold to every single business out there that is trying to get into the construction business. Just having that program alone of knowing that you're not going to be left out in the dust to figure it out and arguably risk failure. Honestly, one of the things when people ask us, how do you help members? I mean, yes, sometimes it's putting on a safety program or celebrating an awesome project that they did. But a lot of times it's, you can find anything on the internet, right? You can Google and find anything on the internet, but it's so much information. So for a lot of our members, they know that they can call us or text or email hmm. and ask. And if I don't know the answer, we can find somebody who does. We can help connect them with other people that do. And that is in a world where everybody is so busy. Everybody is too busy to add more networking events to their schedule. They're too busy to do that. Our hope is that we can save them time, that we can save them time by getting them the answers they need faster and more efficiently and really focused on their needs as a, as a construction company, because that's different than other industries. So does Kansas City, we talked a little bit about the construction projects that are upcoming, but does Kansas City survive better in 2023 than the average United States city? Sure. <laughs> I am also an optimist. I like to think that the whole country is going to be fine, but I will- you and, t- you and Andrew, gosh, you guys should get drinks together. <laughs> and, you know, drinking Rieger whiskey, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um I would like to think that everything is going to be okay, but we're all adults. We all know that the markets are cyclical. The the economy is cyclical. But yes, I think that Kansas City is going to be in a very strong place. I think that Kansas City is going to be in a very strong place. I agree. Last question. 
Nothing to do with what you do she for a living. She may have heard this question. She, she definitely did. What is the coolest thing that you have ever done? And to give you Matt Basinger's ground rules, you cannot talk about family. Mm-hmm. You could have done something with family present. Yes. But, but it can't it can't be like marriage, child, typical life milestones. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I've uh, been thinking about this. I was like, this is going to be the hardest question they're going to ask. So I think one of the coolest things I've done, my husband and I went to Hawaii, which I thought was totally overrated. And I was an idiot. It's not. Had to go to, <laughs> I had to go to Hawaii for work. And I'm like, well, let's go. And we went to Haleakala Volcano. You can go up to the top of the volcano and you can bike down. And we like cycling. So I thought that would be great. And we're up there and we're watching the sunrise. And there is this beautiful plant. And it turns out that it is related to the sunflower. And the sunflower is my, was my mother's favorite flower. And so I was on vacation with a, we called it a workcation, with a job I love, with my husband, whom I adore, standing as close to heaven as I've ever been. And there is a flower that is a version of my mother's favorite flower. And she had passed away several years before, and it felt like she was giving me a hello. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I cannot believe my life. Like everything about this is so wonderful. And, and here's mom telling me that everything's going to be okay. And so that I think is one of, one of the coolest moments. Cause like that piece, I don't, if you've ever, if you've ever gone through grief, that when you have that moment of peace. That's my favorite answer we've ever had on that question. That was, that's very cool. That is amazing. Oddly enough, my dad's favorite flower, he passed away, is the birds of paradise. And so every time I see a birds of paradise flower, my wife even knows. She's like, hey, there's a birds of paradise. Always points it out. Yes. So we were in San Diego and they were everywhere. Just yeah. a couple weeks ago. I, I will tell you, moving to Kansas, moving to the Kansas City area, Kansas has a lot of sunflowers, <laughs> and that is both wonderful and also like the first time I went to the sunflower <laughs> I was farm. Just gonna ask about that, yeah. The weekend of my because it's all around Labor Day, which was when my mother's birthday was, and I went out there and I, you know, I lost it. It's um, beautiful though. It's beautiful, but I lost it. Right. But in the but with the one that doesn't even look like a sunflower, like it was it was peace. That's really cool. That's very cool. Well, keeping it, let me be brief. Michelle, thank you for joining us today. Jackie, thank you for being here from Emprise. Andrew, thank you for letting us use the Let It Fly studios today. Shout out Matt, Blaine Timber. Shout Paul out Spark. Matt. We miss him, but not really. We had a lot, we had a lot of fun without Matt. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Everybody, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Everyone be good. Drive safely in your cars. Bye.